Hey, podcast listener, are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. And now that I've onboarded a few new clients recently or had some more conversations with people who had been working with somebody else in the past, I think a lot of the things that just are natural for me to build into my systems That's not how everybody's getting taken care of by their CPA. Welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast, where I help you work less and make more. My name is Geraldine Carter. We're talking today with Sheila Hansen, who is a participant, a masterminder in my program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, to get her perspective on the experience of what it's like and what the value is of being in this program. So I wanted to, I wanted for you as a listener to have a sense from a participant of what that experience is like. Sheila, welcome to the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Geraldine, I'm excited to be here and yeah, give you my perspective on this program and what it's done so far. Okay, so let's just start with giving listeners a sense of where you were in your business before you started with this program. What was going on? What was happening? What were the problems you were experiencing like that? Yeah, so I am a generally solo CPA firm. Um, I do have a part-time bookkeeper that helps me out, but it's just me. And so before I was stuck in the busy, right? Not really being able to plan and forecast ahead of time, um, not really getting to the things that light me up as an individual and provide extreme amounts of value to my clients because I was stuck in that deadline compliance month over month cycle. From a billing and pricing standpoint, I was way undercharging for the value that I was providing for my clients. We'll come back to the problems, but what does light you up as an individual when it comes to serving your clients? Yeah, so lighting me up and what I found to be my zone of genius is conversations and creating a safe place for for clients to actually learn and talk about money to the point we're not just providing a financial statement deliverable to them. It is taking the next step of interpreting that information for them or giving them the highlights of here's the key pieces of why that information or that data is actually going to benefit you and what you can use it for to make decisions um, for your business. So it's really that one-on-one time with the clients, getting to have that conversation and map 
not only where their business is at today, but align it with their goals going forward. And so making it specific to each client and not just general advice. So let's go back in stuck in the month to month. What was hard about getting out of that? Like, why couldn't you just offer more time, more powerful, valuable conversations with your client? What was causing you to be stuck in the month to month? I think for me, a lot of it went back to just having that overall feeling of responsibility for our clients, the client load that I had. Um, When you factor in sales tax and payroll happening every other week and monthly payroll or just the bookkeeping part of it and gathering the data that goes into that, the, the client roster that I had just filled up my time. Um, I'm also a mother of three young kids, two under the age of three at this point. And so from a energy standpoint, mapping all of that, and I'm currently doing a three-day work week. And so when you factor in just responding to emails and being responsive to clients, the administrative part of running a business, um, it left really little time to to add additional items. So when you first saw CPA Mastermind and you were like, hmm, what did you think and what made you ultimately want to sign up? When I first saw it, I had also heard or connected with a couple other people that had previously worked with you. Um, so I think it was connecting with them and knowing what they were able to to get from the time with you is probably the true selling point. But it was also just that support and somebody that actually understands the situation in the industry. I had worked with a previous coach that was more broadly service providers um, and consultants. And what I got from that program was beneficial, but what I needed now was how to apply that specifically to the accounting industry and the specific things that come with having tax season or or the types of services and really being able to communicate the value of what I'm offering or what I want to be offering to my clients. So that's part, that's the part that was different than other things I had participated in the past. Okay, great. So we've been in now for 10 weeks. What have you found so far that's been most helpful? I love the coaching. <laughs> um, I think for me, I just I just love that challenge of, of challenging your thoughts. And is that really the truth or the fact? Or is that just what you believe is the truth and the fact at the moment with the facts that you have? Um, so I love the coaching and really digging into, okay, this is where you are today, but this is where you want to get to what would need to change and opening the door of that possibility. I think in some ways, one of the most valuable items is you talk about it often, like not walking past the really obvious thing. And now that I've onboarded a few new clients recently or had some more conversations with people who had been working with somebody else in the past, I think a lot of the things that just are natural for me to build into my systems, that's not how everybody's getting taken care of by their CPA. Um, Being responsive and being there when they have a question, those are really simple things to me 
but are extremely valuable. And so not walking past the obvious of, okay, we need to factor this in. And especially when we're talking about capacity and time, and if you're being responsive to your clients, and that's how you want to be, then you have to build that into your value statement. Yeah, and build it into your pricing so that you can protect your time to be available for when the client does have, in air quotes, quick questions. Sometimes the answers, I mean, the question is by nature quick, because that's what questions are. But it's the answer that can be quick, or the answer can be drawn out, or maybe it takes a little bit of research or some digging. And I've said this before on podcasts, business owners are moving quickly in their businesses, they're trying to make decisions and waiting three weeks on their accountant to get an answer is like, that ship has sailed, my friend. Like that answer comes three weeks later, it's it's not worth that much anymore. Whereas same day answer, next day answer is enormously valuable. Yes, yes, yes. So not walking past the obvious Response time certainly is one of them. Clarity of responses. Is there other stuff, obvious stuff that you kind of felt like you were walking past that you were like, oh, I hadn't thought to factor that into my packages and communicate it that way? Yeah. The the other thing is we talk about in the program a lot about niching and, you know, figuring out who it is you want to serve and how you want to serve them. For me, the other value of this program is really digging into that. And in some ways it was giving me myself permission to go the route that I wanted to go. I knew that within, but I was fighting it really hard to fit a mold or keep it open to what I think other people should be serving. And you really challenged the, okay, you like the creative business owner space. And I was stuck in the mindset that those couldn't afford me or didn't need the services that I was offering. And so you really challenged that and said, is it that they're not there? Or is it that they're not in the spaces you are currently, and that they are in fact out there? And so what did you what have you been finding? They're out there. (laughs) (laughs) And it really didn't take me very long to find them. And so it just became a matter of tweaking and leaning into that for them to easily find me. And with just the few changes that we've implemented already, and I still have you know, major ones to to implement in the external, but within my own network, they have grasped onto that. And the referrals that are coming are solid leads in that space without me really formally saying this is who I want. Okay, so let's unpack this a little bit more for listeners. So just because I have a I know what you're up to, you've niched into creatives, give us a sense of the revenue range of your ideal buyer? Yeah. So my ideal buyer is now at working towards that 500,000. So between the 200 and 500,000, they are at the point in their business that they know what is generally working, but now they need help, right? They need either contractors to come on and take off some of their load, part-time employees that can do what they're doing, building a team of some sort, that they can really then kind of scale and grow to the next level. But with that comes all kinds of new (laughs) decisions where they maybe were seeing the cash just straight up hit their bank account before. Now it's having to get divvied out into other aspects of the business. So that's really where I'm focusing on right now. Okay, awesome. Yeah, your business gets a lot more expensive to run. 
And they're probably not expecting that because they see the revenue come in and they think just business as usual, all that's going to hit my bank account. And what they don't realize is like half of that just doesn't, it just goes right back out the door and they're like, wait, where's the money going? Yes. So there's this 250 shooting for 500. And then what about the next phase for them? Are you also looking for clients going from 500 to 750 on up to one and a half million? Can you talk a little bit about those folks? Yeah. So then it's once we get into having a team, then it's going from the 500 to the million in between that range. And the conversations again that come with that are thinking about more long term. How do we make this sustainable, not just struggling with the day to day that comes with all of the changes that are happening? So really making it streamlined and sustainable, um, but also in a way that aligns with their personal goals, because we can get to that mark as well. And then I don't know if it's that imposter syndrome or looking around at what other people are doing. Um, can distract us from, okay, well, yeah, but maybe that's not my goal because that means I'm working twice as much from an hour standpoint than I want to be working. So is that in fact my goal or not? So now let's take this back to what you thought about whether or not your clients were going to pay this for that, Mm -hmm. which is a super common thought in the space. My clients won't pay this for that. Where I was pushing against you was like, do you, is it a client problem? Is it like, where is the actual problem here? Is this a real problem? Or is this just a presupposed problem because we're scared and we don't want to hear no? When we were working through this, what was it that I challenged you to go do? And then you went and did it. And what did you find? Yeah. So when we were first digging into this, you challenged me to take a look at my list. Because if you're feeling at capacity and don't have time, we're going to have to pare down or eliminate something to create that space to be able to grow forward. So it does feel maybe like a step backward to move three steps forward. Um, And so you helped me connect all of those dots that by saying no or by eliminating that we can still move forward. And then the other idea that was really helpful was that we don't have to have it all figured out exactly today. (laughs) I was stuck in the taking one step forward because I wanted to know what the next 100 steps looked like. But really, I just needed to make some immediate short-term decisions and know that today this is where I'm at and what I'm offering. But tomorrow it could be something different or six months from now it could be something different. And so I just have to take some steps and actions there. And then I think getting over that hurdle of, well, right now, basically what I'm providing is just the bookkeeping, financial statement, deliverable, and that only has so much value. So you have to create that space. You have to take that step to be able to get to where you're delivering more than that. And that's where then the price jump can come. Okay. So let's talk about the price jump because this is where I feel like it gets nebulous for accountants who I'm a numbers person too, like the concrete. And it feels a little bit like trying to grasp a cloud. And really, people are going to pay for this. But this is where it's, I think, so helpful because so many people are stuck right here is like, how do I go from pricing something tangible to pricing something that is totally intangible and you're telling me they're going to pay more for it? So what was the price jump like for you? And and what was the experience like of actually testing out 
asking somebody pay, to pay more for something totally nonspecific. Like, what did you include in your, let's make it actually more specific. Like, what did you include in your package? How did, what did you put in there? How'd you talk about it? Yeah. So my base price um, has jumped 50% from what it was. Um, so not from a numbers perspective, that's what we're talking about. And that my immediate thought was always to go to, okay, what am I adding into this package? But nothing needed to be added. If anything, maybe something needed to be s- subtracted or what I was truly selling and providing was different than what I had been talking about in the past, right? The business owner perspective, the fact that they get a monthly financial statement has very little value to them. If I can spin that and turn that to, I will help you understand where you're at every month, that now has value. (laughs) That has the 50% jump value. Um, And so I think for me, where the jump or where the real change came from was not starting with my current clients and bumping them up. It was going out into the market and starting starting fresh from a pricing perspective there. And so then being able to have some of those conversations where I could spin the way that I was talking about what it is I'm offering and how I'm offering it and kind of get that buy-in from somebody totally new that's never worked with me before. Because for me, the harder part comes from, okay, I have clients that I was doing this for yesterday. How for them is it now just double? Right. Like what, nothing has changed experientially for them, hardly, or maybe just a little bit, but why is it twice as much? Yeah. Yes. But yeah. going out and, and kind of testing that in a new space or with new clients helped me see that value. And I want to expand on this a little bit for listeners because this question comes in so often, who should I start with when I'm repricing my existing clients or new clients? And the the answer, I mean, so often it depends and it depends on a few things. And mostly I say, like, start with the person who's pounding on your door for more service because they're hungry and they're thirsty for it. They're hungry and they want it. So, and they, they're primed for it. So start with those folks. But what Sheila, what you're talking about that I think is really important to shine a light on is if you've positioned yourself as a deliverer of services, financial statements, month end close to your clients, and they only think of you in that light, and now suddenly you're asking them to think of you as somebody who provides insight and understanding and expertise, you've inadvertently trained them to be to think of you as this provider of services, not a provider of expertise. So that transition can be tricky to make. So in your case, you went to your new prospects first, said, hey, I can provide insight, understanding, expertise, and they're starting with a blank slate. So it's easy for them to say, okay, great, you're my person. And then when you circle back to your existing clients, it's going to take some time for them to reimagine how they see you in their mind. Yep. And with those current clients, I've gone back now and in a few instances, I can say, okay, we can keep you at the base of what you are currently getting, or here are now additional things we can add it and you get to pick. Here's the price that goes along with each of those options. Um, and so it's, it's giving them the choice of how do you want to work with me? The real test here will be in the next couple of months as a lot of the contracts I currently have are expiring. So I'll be able to present those options to more of them coming up. 
And how has the conversation gone with the new people who you've been meeting, you've been out at conferences, networking kind of events, when you show them their choices, bronze, silver, gold at these prices that include understanding, expertise, insight, and so on. What have those conversations been like? And what's come as a surprise? So within the mastermind, what we did for my pricing strategies and packages is we put general revenue ranges to go along with each one. So my base package right now is the hundred to 200,000 revenue business. The middle tier is that 200 to 500 and then the top tiers 500 and above. Um, And so by having that clearly defined for me, it's much easier when we do have those conversations because I can say to the client and asking a few really specific questions that they probably know the answers to. Um, where do you fall? What are you, you know, what's your, tr- your troubles or your issues? And which one do I think those fall into? And then I have the price that I know kind of goes along with that revenue stream that works for both of us. Um, and so having those kind of more like clear defined buckets that I can put them into and more, I'm noticing in more conversations they're actually pushing it back on me to say, which one do you recommend for my situation? So rather than it being completely in their hands, they're looking for my guidance on, okay, which one fits me? That is so good. They are totally looking for your guidance. And so often in the accounting space, it's like, here's your a la carte list of items. You pick what you want. Do you want payroll? Do you want accounts payable, receivable. And the client's like, I don't know, like I'm coming to you for help. Tell me what I need. And I think that's where I fell in trying to previously always adjust my price, whether they had payroll or whether it didn't, whether they had sales tax, whether they didn't. And honestly, and from the client's eyes, they don't care. Set your price at your price. If they happen to have payroll and that's included, great for them. If they don't, they're not asking me to pull out some sort of value from that because that piece doesn't apply to them. They're not asking you to knock back the price because they're not including payroll because you're not, they don't want payroll. They're not ordering a sandwich without onions and asking you to take out the cost of onions. (laughs) (laughs) They just know they prefer it without onions. So good. But I also think so important for listeners, like they don't care. They don't care. They just, I mean, what they want, tell us, I mean, tell me what they, what what do they care about? They care about being seen and heard and that their, you know, whatever their problem is, which often it's, where's my cash going? <laughs> they care about that answer. Yeah. So if we can provide a solution that helps them see where their cash is going and how to keep more of it and not spend as much or whatever that may be that aligns with their goals. That's what they care about. And how did you have to price so that you could be indifferent to whether or not they chose payroll? I mean, that's factoring it in to be profitable if payroll is included, knowing that there's more profit there if it's not. Okay. And they totally don't care. They're not like, will you take this out for, a, will you reduce the price for 195 a month or like cut $200 a month off the price? Yeah. Like we use QuickBooks online. And so if a, a business is coming to me prior um, to getting that set up, I, the subscription gets billed through me. If they are coming to me after they already have it, they add me to their account and we have access to it, but they are continued 
to get billed by Intuit and they're not asking me to reduce my fee by the 50 or $75 that they're paying. Yeah. They don't care. Awesome. Oh my God. So good. So good. And what are you finding that they do say when they start working with you or they've been with you for a couple of months? The biggest one for the clients that have onboarded with me the last couple months are this is drastically different than I was getting previously. I would send them questions or emails and I wouldn't get a response. I had no clue what to do or how to do it. Um, And often they may be now apologizing for like how long it takes them to get me some of the requests in that onboarding process. And I just have to keep reassuring them that this is a few months of onboarding, right? Like, I totally understand that. And I think that's the first time that a lot of them have been felt and seen in that way. What would Sheila of three months ago have thought about her current prices? She would say, yeah, go for it with her, you know, teeth clenched. (laughs) Would you have thought it was possible to charge what you're charging right now? Would you have thought that clients would have paid this for that? No. Okay. And so how much more are your prices today, like by percent or whatever, than they were a year ago, ballpark? What would that be? 400% more? (laughs) Oh my God. Four times more. For my monthly... Your monthly base package. Reoccurring revenue. Mm -hmm. So just just in the last, whatever, 10 weeks or since we've been working together since about September, um, I have grown my monthly reoccurring contracts by 65% in revenue dollars. Um, And in doing so, I only grew my client roster about 25%. Awesome. So it's not also 65% more work. No. So it's a much longer lever. Yeah. So 65% increased revenue and... We don't have to do exact numbers, but 65% off 100 bucks is like only $165. But you're in the mid four figures, let's say. So 65% is, you know, not insignificant in terms of monthly billing in 10 weeks. And what do you see now about your path forward in terms of what you can create that you didn't see when before we started? There's just so much more possible now. About the time that we were starting is when I was making the switch down to three days a week, being able to see that that's actually a possibility for not just a particular few month season, but could could be that all year long. Um, so we're in the mastermind right now. We're kind of looking ahead at tax season and kind of coming up with our game plans and what our client roster is going to look like and capacity planning and all of that. And so um, our homework for this last week was to really dig into where do we want to be? Like, what is our ideal? What maybe step do we need to make for this upcoming tax season to work toward that that gets us part of the way there and kind of accepting that we can have an ideal, you know, for a year from now, but that maybe in the interim, we have to make just one step towards that. So just kind of seeing what that looks like and being able to plan around that. And how has it been to actually think about your tax season and plan it out with intentionality rather than wait for it to happen? A lot more freeing, a lot less um, 
you know, just in the client's hands of it'll happen when it happens or really looking to guide the clients through that process and giving them very clear instructions on here's what's needed, when it's going to happen. And I think it's valuable for both sides in that equation. They know exactly what to expect. In some ways, it's something they're going to put off if if nobody asks them to do it differently. <laughs> but we have we have the control and to say, here's how we can do it differently. And that provides value for both of us because it gives us the chance to let them know much earlier in the season what's happening rather than, oh, tomorrow you need to make these payments of half your bank account. Surprise. Yep. <laughs> okay. I want to come back really quick um, just to revenue and um we were talking about added revenue and I might have misspoken there. And I think I wasn't speaking about your total monthly revenue in the multiple four figures, but the monthly revenue that you've added, you've added four mid four figures of monthly revenue. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to clarify for that for listeners because the... Are you looking at my total monthly billing? I've added five figures. I was conflating your total monthly. Okay. I was I was conflating the two and I realized after you answered, after I said it, that I was conflating the two. So go ahead and clarify. Because okay. I went from, my my monthly total revenue went from four figures to now five figures with that 65% growth and only growing my client list 25%. But the, but the base packages, yeah, went, have grown. My new offerings are 50% more the the growth it's 50% higher than what it was previously. Okay, awesome. A year ago, that growth in the base monthly package is about 400%. Okay. It's both amazing and totally no surprise, right? Because clients are looking to understand their money and they don't and most many accountants just walk right past and assume it's like emperor has no clothes. We all know that clients don't understand their financial statements, but I'm not going to teach them. And the client is like, "Where help? Where else am I going to go to understand my financial statements? And there's so much value there. Okay, before we wrap up, there's one more thing that I want to ask you about, and that is the mindset coaching. And this is the first time that I've officially incorporated mindset coaching with a team of certified coaches to help masterminders handle the stuff that comes up in business, namely fear, namely sometimes guilt, sometimes scared to let go, sometimes scared to change. And I want to hear from you what that's been like, what you thought it was going to be, but what you actually, what it actually is and what it and how it is helpful for you. Yeah. So those uh, mindset coaching sessions, we can book them however we need. I've currently been using them about once a week. I'll schedule a 20 minute call and it's crazy in a matter of 20 minutes, just your thought coming in <laughs> and the thought that you leave with. Um, but almost every time after I have a call, I immediately message a a group of friends that are all entrepreneurs. And I'm like, you won't believe what I just did. (laughs) Like the connection that just happened between where I am and where I was. And think about this, or I find myself, you know, just in conversation either with them or other situations throughout the week, like using those same thoughts (laughs) and helping them then like walk forward with that information that I got from those calls. So 
I absolutely love them. I think they are invaluable um, and an add to the program just to have that one-on-one space. And even if it's something that maybe is happening outside of like the standard program, um, the coaches are open to listening to those and helping readjust your thought or rethink your thought on, on what's possible. So can you give us just for listeners who are like, is this meridians and chakras? Like, what are we talking about here? Can you, can you, to the extent if you're willing, um, like a thought that you might have come in with and a thought you might have left with? Okay, so one particular situation I can remember one call that we had, I was struggling with like having it all mapped out or knowing like the big picture. Again, that kind of goes back to things that I often struggle with. During that session, the coach helped me break down, do I know what the next step is? Do I know or am I capable of laying out the process to get from A to Z and then taking the small actions? Because what I was stuck in was going from A to Z and not making any progress because it felt like way too big, too much to tackle. But as we broke it down, could I come up with steps one, two, and three, build time and space in my calendar to do one, two, three, and then once I get to three, figure out what the next one, two, three is from there. And so that helped me just go from like being paralyzed and not taking any action or avoiding it altogether to actually moving forward and getting something accomplished. Oh, that's so good. It's so easy to be paralyzed when you don't know every single step between where you are and where you need to get. Because we we get stuck with like, I need to do this big thing or this thing feels so big and heavy, but I don't know everything that's involved with it. So even if I put time on my calendar to accomplish the big thing, I'm I don't know what to actually do. So maybe the first thing I need to put on my calendar is time to lay out what are the things I need to do. Then once I've done that, I can map out the time to do those things. That's so good. So good and so helpful and so common to make it so big and then make it impossible inadvertently. For listeners who might be thinking about down to 40 hours CPA mastermind, what's one thing you would say to them? It is totally possible to get out of the overwhelm and just the busyness and create the practice and culture that aligns with the life that you want to be living. I think it's so easy for us to get stuck in this is the way that the industry has decided or does it, or there's external reasons it has to be this way, but it doesn't have to be that way. We do possess some control. (laughs) You do. You possess so much control that you're giving away. Sheila, this has been so great. If people want to find out more about you, where can they do that? Yeah, I spend most time on Instagram, sheila.hanson.cpa, or my website is hansonllc.net. Awesome. This has been so great. Sheila, thank you for coming on the Business Strategy for CPAs podcast. Thanks for having me, Geraldine. It's been great to be in this mastermind program so far. If you enjoy this podcast, 
and like the idea of creating revenue with high-paying clients while building toward a three-day work week, then I want to invite you to check out Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. It's my 16-week program where I guide you step-by-step, avoiding the insanity of having clients who are all over the map, to the clarity of knowing exactly who you work with while being able to clearly communicate the value of your services. Enrollment opens January 5th. Go to geraldinecarter.com forward slash waitlist to get first access when enrollment opens. That URL again is geraldinecarter.com forward slash waitlist. See you there. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.